0: The Way City Church, located in Woodbridge, Virginia, is led by Pastor Marlon Yearwood and exists to reach the lost and disciple the believer. One source defined freedom as the state of liberty that results from not being oppressed or in bondage. The state of liberty that results from not being oppressed or in bondage. It is choice, civil liberties. Divine freedom, emancipation, exodus, free, independence, liberation, liberty, manumission. Freedom from the Lexham Theological Wordbook. I love this definition. Freedom is the state that emerges after God has acted to remove all hindrances. Freedom is the state that emerges after God has acted to remove all hindrances, social, spiritual, sin and death, economic and institutional, that block our creational purpose. I forgot to dismiss the kids, but (laughs) there. But they're going. I'm sorry. <laughs> God bless our kids. Amen? Amen. Freedom, again, from the Lexham Theological Wordbook. Freedom is the state that emerges after God has acted to remove all hindrances, social, spiritual, which is sin and death, economic, and institutional, that block our creational purpose. This purpose is to know, love, worship, and enjoy God. Forever. This is a freedom that has been won for us by the death and resurrection of the Messiah. By the power of the Spirit, the, Christ- the Christian seeks to live into this freedom and to join with God in freeing others while we await freedom's full realization at Christ's second coming. Amen? God is the author of freedom. He's the author of freedom and he wants all to walk in freedom, especially his children. He wants us all to walk in freedom, especially his children. Today I want to speak to you about the believer in bondage. The believer in bondage. And I know that it's... uh, July 4th, and perhaps you're thinking, shouldn't you be speaking about freedom? And yes, maybe. However, my my intention is to speak about bondage with freedom in mind. My, My goal this morning is freedom. However, it is imperative that you know and that you understand that you cannot be set free. It is impossible for you to be set free until you acknowledge and are aware and admit your bondage. Remember last week we spoke about the Pharisees. And we spoke about their denial almost of their sin. And Jesus spoke to them and he basically said, Hey listen, I didn't, I didn't come for you, which is strong. I didn't, I didn't come for you guys. I didn't come for the righteous. I came for the sick. The Pharisees saw themselves as righteous by their own works. And Jesus said, hey, listen, like, I came for those who basically acknowledge their, their sickness. For those that need a physician. And again, we all need a physician. But the Pharisees, they, they thought they were righteous by their own works and by their own deeds. So they they rarely received the blessings of Jesus when he was on the earth because they already thought that they were okay and that they were right. The title of today's message is, The Believer in Bondage, The Believer Freed. The Believer in Bondage, The Believer Freed. Mark chapter 3 and verse 27. No one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man and then he will plunder his house. No one can enter the strong man's house and take away his goods unless he first incapacitates him, disarms him, cripples him, weakens him, paralyzes him, immobilizes him. And when you are in, in bondage as a Christian you, you know the right thing to do mentally But you don't have the power to do it spiritually So mentally you, you know what to do And you know what you should be doing But spiritually you don't have the strength and the power to do it Because you are bound or tied up So the things that you want to do and you know to do, you don't do. You find this this war working within your members. As Paul tells us, no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man. And then he will plunder his house. Hmm. The, the the demons will first go after your goods and then eventually they plunder or take over the entire house. That's their, their goal. Mark 3.27 tells us what the enemy wants to do and how he does it. The, the, the binding of the strong man here, to me, is almost, it's almost a trick. Or it is deceptive. As I was meditating upon the, the, the binding of the strong man, I was thinking to myself, this is some kind of trick or deception. Because you, you bind the strong man by, by taking away his ability to use his strength. You you bind the strong man by taking away his his ability to use his strength. If he's tied up, if he's bound, then he can no longer use the strength that he has against the enemy. Everyone knows how to bind up a, a weak man, right? How do you bind up a weak man? You walk up to him and you force his hands behind his back and you tie him up. But you can't do that to a strong man. You can't walk up to Samson and force his hands behind his back and tie him up. Samson needs to be tricked. He needs to be deceived. He needs to believe a lie. So I was thinking, man, how does the, how does the strong man get tied up? So he's, he's, he's tricked. He's, he's deceived. He believes a lie. He underestimates the power of the enemy. Notice I didn't say the strength of the enemy. Delilah was not stronger than Samson. She was smarter. One of the biggest lies that we believe as Christians is this. It's that we cannot be in bondage. That is one of the biggest lies that we believe as Christians, is that we cannot be in bondage. Do you think uh, Samson ever, ever thought that, that he could be tied up? Absolutely not. And when we, when we believe that we cannot be bound, we begin to subconsciously have a level of confidence within our flesh. And we almost believe that we are invincible. And the Bible tells us to be careful and to take heed lest you who think you stand, fall. And Samson fell, and great was his fall indeed. Let's turn over to John chapter 8. We're going to start with verse 31 this morning. John 8 And I pray that you have ears all of you to hear what the Spirit is saying this morning. This message is not for the person next to you, but it's for you. John 8:31 Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants, and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. You know, our problem is that we we read over the scriptures too fast. Without enough selahs. Without enough selahs. And I'm going to introduce more of those during my messages. Because we're always moving on to the next thing, and, and selahs or silence is not awkward for me. I'm okay with silence. It's an opportunity for reflection and meditation. And there is, there is no meditation upon God's Word without a salah. Every meditation upon God's word begins with a selah. And just so you know, the the word selah was probably a a musical or a liturgical word. And it means an, an intentional silence or an intentional pause or an interlude. And whenever we, we see Selah in the Bible, it causes us to, to stop, to reflect, and to meditate. But as we're reading God's Word, we should also be creating our own Selahs, and stopping, and pausing, and meditating upon His Word. So let's read that again. Let me tell you, so right before this, so we're reading John 8, 31, but right before this, verse 28 says this, Then Jesus said to them, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and that I do nothing of Myself. But as My Father taught Me, I speak these things, and He who sent Me is with Me. The Father has not left Me alone, for I always do those things that please Him. As He spoke these words, many believed in Him. Verse 31, So now He's speaking, then Jesus said to those Jews who believed Him, Selah. He's speaking to believers here. He's speaking to, to the group of Jews that believed in him. There were the ones who didn't, and these are the ones who do. Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And everyone knows verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. But who is he speaking to? He's speaking to believers. He's speaking to those who who believe in him. And he's saying to the ones who believe in him, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. People in the world are not walking around in freedom. Or in truth just because the truth exists and is in the world. People are not walking in freedom and in truth in the world just because it exists and just because it is in the world. No, Jesus says you shall know the truth. It's the truth that you know that shall set you free. It's the truth that you know personally. And privately from God's word that will set you free. The only truth that will ever benefit you is the truth that you know. That's the only truth that will ever benefit you. The the only freedom that you will ever benefit is from the freedom that is birthed out of the truth that has been revealed to you from God's word. Verse 33, they answered him, now you guys may have missed this when I first read it, and that's why we pause, and that's why we say la, but this is incredible for me. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants, and have... Never been in bondage to anyone. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. It, 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 it really is. It, this, this could be one of the, the funniest parts of the Bible. Have you guys read the Old Testament? They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? So now they just got defensive on Jesus. Uh, pride is a terrible thing. And it will keep you from your miracle. Jesus answered them, most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. So Jesus tells them, well, first of all, hold up a minute. Okay? You're in bondage, first of all, because you're a sinner. You've committed sin, so you're, you're a slave to it, right? First of all. But even if this spiritual revelation was, was too deep for them to know and comprehend, in a natural sense, we understand from the Old Testament that the Jews were in bondage to everyone. Right? They were in bondage to the... Chaldeans, to the Assyrians, to the Midianites, to the Babylonians, to the Philistines, right? They were were in bondage to, to the Egyptians. And you know what the funniest thing is? You guys ready for it? At the time that they make this statement, I love you guys so much. They were in bondage to the Romans. So when they make this statement, we have never been in bondage to anyone. Again, they've been in bondage to everyone. And at the time that they make this statement, they were currently in bondage to the Romans. In denial. Believers. Bondage, Jesus, freedom. Jesus was speaking to the Jews who believed in him. Believers. So, can a Christian, a believer, be under the influence of a demonic spirit? Absolutely. Let me make it a little easier for you. Can a Christian be under the influence of a foreign substance? Can a Christian be under the influence of drugs? Can a, influence be under the, can a Christian be under the, the influence of alcohol? If a Christian drinks too much alcohol, can they be affected by it? Or, no, because they're a Christian. So, so, whether you're a Christian or not, if you open the door to certain things, you will be affected. And that includes the enemy. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Amen? Amen. Let me just say this The, the word for um, demon possession In the Bible Demoni uh, And it's, it's speaking about We understand that, that for the Christian um, This is not ownership Okay, So, so the word uh, the, the Greek word speaks about To, to gain mastery over So it's not ownership So if a believer or or a Christian um, Is going through um, deep, spiritual, demonic attack It's not ownership You don't belong to Satan But you have been mastered by a thing And if you, again, if you open the door, if you crack the door for the enemy, he will come in. God told Abel, he told him what? Be aware, he said, uh, sin crouches at the door, right? And it's, its desire is for you, but you must master it. You must rule over it. Why? Right? because if not, it will master you and it will rule over you. But sin crouches at the door. It is cunning, it is sly, and it waits for you. It waits for you. And if you open that door, there's, 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 there's no such thing as... I mean, there's, there's no such thing as as grace here. And I'm going to tell you what I mean. If you open the door, the enemy is coming in. There's no grace involved. Oh, I can... I can open the door, I can dabble with this and that, and there's great. No, no, the enemy will come in, and he will take, and he will kill, and he will steal, and he will destroy. That's a fact. There's no grace to leave the door open for the enemy. Christ tells us to be watchful. To be diligent. Verse 34. Jesus answered them, Most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. The word here commits. I say to you, whoever commits sin, that means... Whoever is committed to sin Basically its translation is Whoever formulates a plan to sin So this isn't I messed up, I made a mistake This is formulating a plan to sin And we've all had sins That we have intentionally accommodated So don't act like this isn't you formulating a plan to sin. We've all had sins that we have intentionally accommodated. We've fed and and nurtured and we've even fought to conceal. So this is formulating a a plan to to sin. Romans 6.16 says, Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves Slaves to obey, you are that one, slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. Jesus said, most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. This is sonship versus slaveship. As a, as a son, you have the choice. As a son, you still have choice. As a son, you can still open the door up. Do I believe that that Satan will become your Lord? Absolutely not. Not for believers. But you will be affected. And you will be manipulated. And you will find yourself in places where you don't want to be. You will find yourself doing things that you don't want to do. Sin will take you further than you ever wanted to go. Sin will cost you more than you ever wanted to pay. That is sin. So here Jesus is ministering to them, the the believing Jews, about freedom and being free, and they almost interrupt Him and they try to persuade Him that they do not need this kind of freedom that he's offering to them. Because we, sir, have have never been in bondage. Not us. You can't cast out ignorance. The only people that can't get free is the ones who don't believe that they can be in bondage. Those are the only ones that cannot be set free. The ones who cannot believe that they can be in bondage. I heard a man of God, Robert Morris, say he, um, he came to Jesus when he was 19 and he had an amazing uh, transformation and began preaching the gospel not too long after that and he said that he was in, in bondage to demons all throughout his, his 20s. And it was uh, sexual immorality and immorality. And he's, uh, I think he said he was like 30 years old and he was a guest speaker at a conference. And one night in his hotel room, again, he watched something that he shouldn't have watched and he called his wife and told his wife about it and, and his accountability partner, you know, he'd been sharing with them, he was very open about his struggles. And then he said that, that one of the guest speakers again he he's a he's a guest speaker and there were two other guest speakers. But one of the other guest speakers they spoke um, one night about demons at the conference. And when he when he spoke that message he said the word was specifically for him. Again, he's a preacher. And he's a he's a guest speaker there. But he said the word was Directed at him it was, it was for him then the speaker gave an altar call to come forward and he said the Holy Spirit told him if you come forward I'll set you free and he said that he went forward that day and he was delivered and set free completely now what kind of humility would that take for one of the speakers at the conference to respond and to come forward and I said you know what I need deliverance. He was a believer. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And don't despise altar calls. We need to do some of those. Amen. Don't despise altar calls. They're they're spirit-led, and if the Holy Spirit calls out your issue and offers you hope, then you better respond. Amen. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. And if, and if this uh, preacher um, says that he was in bondage demonically, then who are you to say that he was not? Powerful, powerful scripture in Jeremiah chapter 7. Let's turn over there. Jeremiah 7, 8 through 11. Jeremiah 7, 8 through 11. Behold, you trust in lying words that cannot profit. Will you steal, murder, commit adultery, swear falsely, burn incense to bow? And walk after other gods whom you do not know. And then come and stand before me in this house which is called by my name and say, we are delivered to do all these abominations. Has this house which is called by my name become a den of thieves in your eyes? Behold, I, even I, have seen it, says the Lord. God is saying here to the people, He's saying, You steal, you murder, you commit adultery, you swear falsely, you burn incense to bow, you walk after other gods that you don't know. And then you come into my house and then you call yourselves free. And He says, well, Free, free how? Are, are you free to, to do these things? Is that how you're free? That you're free to to do and to practice these things? And he says, not so. For us in 2021, we engage in, in all kinds of things in the world that are not pleasing to our Father and to our Savior. And then we come here and we say, I'm, I'm free. We engage in all kinds of things that God is calling us to abstain from. And then you come into the house of the Lord and you call yourself free. I would say to you, are you free? Free to do the things that you're doing? Free to continue in your current practices? Not so Proverbs six twenty-seven 27 and 28 says Can a man take fire into his bosom And not be burned? Can a man take fire into his bosom And not be burned? Can one walk on hot coals And his feet not be seared? The answer is no No, you can't I don't care how spiritual you are. If I put gasoline on your lap and I light a match, you're going to scream. It will affect you. It will affect you. You cannot play with sin and think that you can remain in freedom. You can't. You cannot. It is impossible. I watch what I want to watch. I listen to whatever I want to listen to. I, I, I engage in whatever I want to engage in. But I'm, I'm free in Christ. For real? You think you're free? And you will never be free until you acknowledge your bondage. One of the ways that you can be ignorant of the devices of the enemy is by believing that you cannot be in bondage to the enemy. I personally believe that every single individual that comes out of the world Every individual that's been in the world, that's, that's, that's tasted the world, that, that comes to Christ, needs to go through a process of deliverance and discipleship. I believe that. Deliverance and discipleship. I believe that, that, de- that deliverance should be a part of discipleship. You were You were in the world, and you got caught up with all kinds of things, and then you come to know Christ, and Christ saves you, amen? But now the process begins, right? One of the first things that we have to do as as believers is to begin to renew our mind with the Word of God. That's a process. That's a process. So in the same way, right, so you, you come to Christ, but you still have the old mind, right? You're born again, you're saved, you're His, praise God. But now the work begins of Of renewing your mind because the old mind still transfers over and I wish it was so that when we receive Christ as Lord and Savior that the old mind would just be erased all the old memories would be erased but that's not the way that God has designed it so now the renewal process begins and I believe with that comes deliverance and if you don't go through deliverance you can be a a Christian 20, 30, 40, 50 years in bondage because you were never delivered and set free again you're his I believe that but you've also been been mastered by something I believe that the best and the greatest disciples are the ones who, who have been delivered and set free Amen? The best ones are the ones that have been delivered and set free. Robert Morris said, To be free indeed, you must first believe that you can indeed be in bondage. To be free indeed, you must first believe that you can indeed be in bondage. I think it's you know, very interesting how, how Satan prefers to operate in, in stealth mode, in, in undercover mode, and silently. And, and the church itself, we don't talk about Satan. And I believe that we as the church, we have unfortunately, we, we helped to promote Satan's agenda and Satan's cause by remaining silent about Him. We help to promote His agenda and His cause when we don't speak about Him. So it's important that we expose Him. So who is who is deliverance really for? Let's turn over to Matthew chapter 15, verse 21 through... Twenty-eight. this will be the last text that we focus on this morning and then I will read a few more just read them Before we close But Matthew 15 21 through 28 You guys good this morning? Yeah? Good Then Jesus went out from there And departed to the region Of Tyre and Saddam And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, Jesus, saying, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her, Not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread. Selah. It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord, yet yeah, even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, "O oh woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Mm. Jesus called deliverance the children's bread Jesus called deliverance the children's bread this is for the children he said I can't give it to you this isn't for you this is for children of mine Look at the, the contrast here between between um, this account and the account in, in John chapter 8 that we read first. In John 8, Jesus is actually speaking to, to the children that he mentions here. He, he's actually speaking to children. He's speaking to Jews who believe. That's who he's speaking to. They were, they were Jewish believers, and Jesus is ministering to them About freedom, he's offering them freedom and they reject it because of their denial of their condition. So he's speaking to actual children saying, Hey, like this is this is for you, like you guys can be free. And they're like, No, 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 we're good. Now, the contrast is this woman comes, a Syrophoenician woman, a Greek Gentile, and she comes. And she's like, hey, like, I've, I've, um, I've heard some things about you, and I believe them. I believe that you can deliver folks and set folks free. Can I get some of that? She initiates here. She comes to Jesus. And the, the, this woman who was a Syrophoenician so she's she's um, she's a mix. She's she's Syrian um, and she's Phoenician. Uh, Syria in in the Bible is symbolic of of pride. A lot of times when you hear Syria in the Old Testament. Now she's she's Phoenician. Now um, many scholars um, believe and agree that that Phoenicia was like the 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 seat of Paganism that, that entered into Israel from, from Phoenicia. A Phoenician was, was Jezebel. Jezebel was a Phoenician. Jezebel, the most evil, wicked woman, I think, in the Scriptures. But Jezebel, she was from Phoenicia. And what we, what we now know um, today as well, in the Bible days, as, as Tyre was used to be called Phoenicia. So the, the current day, Tyre was Phoenicia before. And Jezebel, as you know, she married Ahab, and she, she brought the, the occult into Israel. Witchcraft and wickedness. Um, she brought that in more than anyone else. I think before her or after her. So this woman, she's, she's Syrophoenician But she comes And she believes She believes in Jesus There are some things that she knows about Jesus What is the truth that she knew about Jesus? Let's, let's pause for a moment What is the truth that she knew about Jesus? And we're going to pause if I asked you why Jesus came here, you would have many different answers that you would give to me as to why Jesus came. Some would say He came to be an example, to show us how to live in the Spirit while walking in physical flesh. He, he came to reveal his, his love to us. He came to show us purpose. There are so many things that we can say as to why Jesus came, and even though our, our answers may differ, Many of them would be true. The scriptures tell us this, the purpose why Jesus came. Luke 4 and verse 43, this is the purpose why Jesus came. But he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also, because for this purpose I have been sent. So Jesus came to preach the kingdom of God. 1 Timothy 1.15, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Of whom I am chief So he came to save sinners Luke 19.10, I quote it a lot He came to seek and to save that which was lost So he came to preach the kingdom He came to to save sinners He came to save that which was lost John 18.33 You say that I am a king In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. So Jesus came to testify of the truth. Matthew 20 and verse 28. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. So he came for many things, but then First John chapter 3 and verse 8 says this. That he came to destroy The works of the devil. Amen. Jesus came, so he accomplished many things when he came here. He preached the kingdom, he testified of the truth. He came to save sinners, he came to destroy the works of the devil. So the truth that this Gentile Syrophoenician woman knew... Was that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil She knew that truth She believed that truth And she being out of season We spoke about that last week And she being out of season Received the miracle Because of her faith But not just faith in anything. Faith in the right source. Faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? Yeah. In my conclusion, there is no freedom without the acknowledgement of slavery. There is no freedom Without the acknowledgement of slavery. The abolishment of slavery here in America would never have been a celebration if people were never enslaved or if they never realized that they were enslaved. And some of you know the holiday Juneteenth, right? So actually just, just became a national holiday, right? So, so it's, it's significant. Why? Because we understand that slavery was abolished in this country, but the folks in the South were still living as slaves. Because no one told them. They didn't know. So even, even after slavery was, in, was abolished, the folks in the South were still living as slaves because they didn't know, because nobody told them. And they continued in slavery and they continued to be slaves until they received a revelation. And they knew we no longer have to live like this. Amen. Jesus came to set the captives free. He came to set the captives free. He came to destroy the works of the devil in the life of the believer. This is the children's bread. This is for children. Stand up, please. Bow your heads, please. For some people, bondage becomes their normal reality. Bondage becomes their normal reality. There is no bail without the acknowledgement of bondage. There is no life without the acknowledgement of death. There is no resurrection without the acknowledgement of the cross. There is no righteousness without the acknowledgement of Jesus. There is no salvation without the acknowledgement of sin. There is no appreciation of the light without first being called out of darkness. Father, Father, We thank you for your timeless word. We thank you that your word is perfect, your word is sure, your word is true, your word is alive, your word breathes, your word speaks. Your word whispers, your word screams, your word shouts, your word draws, your word calls, your word beckons. Your word pleads. Father, I pray this morning, there are individuals this morning that are in this room that are in bondage to the enemy. I know exactly who my audience is this morning And this was the word for today And this is the children's bread And there are people in this place That stand right now With their heads bowed And their eyes closed And they are in bondage But I believe this morning That they want to be free With your eyes closed And with your head bowed I'm going to say a prayer for you in, in just a moment. But if you say I need freedom this morning and I want freedom this morning, then right where you are, just raise your hand and say, that's me. Amen. 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 I, 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 amen. 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 I see you all and you can put your hand down. Thank you for responding to the spirit of the Lord. Father, You see the minds and the hearts of every individual in this room. And those who raised their hand toward You and said, today I want to be free. Father, I thank You that today, freedom is theirs. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Father, I, I, I know that all power, dominion, and authority comes from You. And Father, I know that you use people and that you use your children. So Lord, as I pray, as I pray, Father, as as I pray on their behalf, as I pray for them this morning, I thank you, Lord, that I pray not out of my own authority, but I pray out of the authority that comes from you, from your word and from your spirit. So right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ I come against every spirit of darkness I come against every spirit of destruction In the name of Jesus Christ I come against every spirit of lust And of sexual immorality And of immorality in general Of anger I come against every spirit of pride I come against every spirit of of fear And of depression And of hopelessness And of suicide In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I come against every spirit of anguish. Every complex, every insecurity. Every spirit that works in the night, that causes fear, that causes sleepless nights and insomnia. I come against you now in the name and the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I say to you, Satan, I say to you, spirits of darkness, the Lord rebuke you. May you all lift up your hands in faith. some of you have your hands lifted already. But in the name of Jesus Christ, I command every spirit that has been working here. Spirits that have been working from childhood. Spirits that have been working from teenagehood, from adulthood. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I command you in Jesus' name to flee from this life, to flee from this mind, to flee from this heart, to flee from this body in Jesus' name. Flee right now and be gone. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to say with me now and repeat after me in faith and say, in the name of Jesus... Let's say in faith, friends, let's say in the name of Jesus, I command every spirit that is not of God, that has attached itself to me, to flee, to be gone, to be removed, in Jesus' name. Say, I command every spirit of darkness and of destruction to flee from my life. Today, in Jesus' name, say, Be gone. In Jesus' name, say, Be gone. In Jesus' name, one more time, say, Be gone. In Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, Spirit of the Living God, I thank you. We come to you this morning. You are our Father, you are our King, you are our God, and we thank you that this is for the children. So Lord, we receive it this morning. We receive freedom this morning. The things that enslaved us before we walked in this place no longer has power and dominion over us. Amen? Amen. For we are free in Christ Jesus. We love you, Father. We bless you. We magnify you. We glorify you. And we thank you for our freedom today in you. In Jesus' name. We'd love to hear from you. Visit us at thewaycitychurch.org.